Welcome to my podcast, Masterpiece and Mess. And this is your host, Madeline Wright. Here we explore unedited stories and journeys of growth, greater self-expression, and better well-being. Our stories can often be painful and less than perfect, and yet that is where the true power of storytelling lies, in the folly and bewilderment, to quote Hermann Hesse. This podcast is for honest conversations that are steeped in vulnerability and growth, hopefully creating a space for more honesty, more compassion, and a mirror in which to view ourselves as the masterpieces in the making that we all are, despite our messiness. Welcome to Masterpiece and Mess. Jacqueline, thank you for joining me today. I must say I have been very much looking forward to this conversation and, and I'm glad we have finally got the opportunity. Um, but before we dive into it, let me introduce you. On paper, Jacqueline is a trauma-informed therapist trained in spinal energetics, somatic inquiry, breath hypnotherapy, psychotherapy and Polynesian bodywork. Energetically, Jacqueline is very intuitive, working with the mind, body, energetic bodies, lineage, voice, and earth cycles. Wow, that is a beautifully impressive set of skills and knowledge you have, Jacqueline. But before we start discussing this work that you do, please, can you tell me more about your journey to this present moment? I can. So I guess what led me into this path was my own journey with in a clinical world addiction and from a young age I always felt uh, that I was there was something wrong with me and in my teenage years I developed a eating disorder and that eating disorder consumed a lot of my lifetime so almost 19 years of my life and it had so many gold nuggets in it for me to be able to hold the space and share the wisdom and take people to the depths that they're able to go because I've been there and I've pulled myself out and it was a journey of self-destruction through so much dissociation and it's been a journey of re-association so so much embodiment and I've been really drawn to a non-clinical way of doing this and utilizing so many things that are offered in this day and age there's just so many things and so I've tried yeah so many things and I've taken what lit me up and I've discovered my own truths and I've discovered my, my wisdom through doing this and my gifts and what I'm here to do and what I'm here to share. And yeah, that's how I end up sitting here with you today, I guess, is from a life of choosing to come back to myself and choosing to show up. And in order to show up for myself, I can then show up for others. But until I can show up for myself, I'm not really any good or any use to anybody else. Yeah. 
That's beautifully articulated. I I can relate to that. I'm in a recovery process myself um, uh, for codependency, and the biggest the biggest part of that journey has been to come back to myself. Um, mm -hmm. And for me as well, uh, you know, embodiment is a is a saving grace. Is the practices that I have around that. Um, is so useful for me to come back to myself and to turn that focus back on me not in a narcissistic way but as a codependent I want to you know abandon myself for other people and jump out and and fix and save and control and manipulate <laughs> um, but it's about turning that light mm. on myself and finding that um finding those ways that I can settle into myself and also decide how I'm going to show up in the world. Um, so tell me more about spinal energetics, which I'm very interested in and everything around that, that brought you to that and what, yeah, tell me as much as you can tell me about that. So spinal energetics is a really beautiful modality that, has been created by a beautiful woman um, in Australia called Dr. Sarah Jane. And I guess she has pulled through her own journey and her own studies through the Western and Eastern world. And what drew me to this was the fact that it's very body orientated and it's less about the cognitive and more about the language of the bodies. So not just the physical body, it's the bodies, the layers, that aren't visible to our eyes but we are energetic beings and just because we can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist and to be able to access these layers is so important for us to be able to move through and shift and really come back home to ourselves in it and yeah the homeostatus that balance and I guess for me spinal energetics is it's about bringing the body and the mind back together as one because energy wants the path of least resistance it wants a clear pathway through and what happens from our existence from whenever we were born up until this moment we collect so much data and we don't always process that data. So in order to be able to move this, we need to be able to create a pathway or a way of reconnecting. I call it a circuit board. It's like our, our spine is an antenna mm -hmm. and the nervous system is the, the mycelium or one could say a circuit board and sometimes these circuits aren't working and so I find spinal energetics is a really great way to access people's circuit boards and create them to come online again and allow that energy to flow through and allow things to move through the body and leave the body which creates space and it's also I guess how I perceive things is stagnant energy becomes the dis-ease mm. it becomes 
like the discomfort, the disease, but also a manifestation into a physical disease. And spinal energetics is one of so many modalities that are out there. And for me, I resonate with it a lot because it's less about the, the, the cognitive, so the talking with like the verbal words and more about the body allowing itself to talk and to show you like where it's ready to go and to show you the pathway through. And so I find that really powerful and yeah, it's a very humbling experience. <laughs> mm, I've got goosebumps. I, um, yeah. So from what I hear is that there is, as a yoga teacher and a kinesiologist in training, I understand I'm very early in my kinesiology mm -hmm. training, very interested in energy work. Um, mm. But that spinal energetics is also a way to clear those blockages, as we would say in yoga, the nadis, and let the energy flow freely, uh, but also to get rid of unnecessary stagnant energy or let that move through uh, that we no longer need when that causes disease. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I guess for me, the word trauma is so widely spread out and trauma doesn't have to be traumatic. So I try and not utilize that word so much. And I use the word data. And I, so I look at us in some way as an operating system and our operating system collects data and sometimes we need to reboot we need to run an antivirus software we need to um yeah put things in the trash bin mm -hmm. and do upgrades and things like this so i guess for me somatic so somatic therapy so spinal energetics is a somatic therapy um, breath work is a somatic therapy anything that is body based so soma meaning body is working from the bottom up one could say instead of the top down mm. so anything for me that works from the bottom up is so vital for our collective like evolution in a co-creative way yeah and you mentioned yeah that you are a student of kinesiology and you've done yoga and things like this. This modality that we are speaking of a lot, the spinals, it is a fusion of these things. And I think because the more we are evolving and the more of this is coming online, the bigger the field is becoming and more and more people are, are switching on their the wisdom within and they're finding the confidence or the, the knowing that they are able to create and put their mark on the wisdom that they're here to share. And so that's what spinal energetics is. It's really, it's derived from network, chiro, kinesiology, reiki, alpha. There's a list this long and I, I can't name them all because I don't actually remember off by heart all of them, but a lot of beautiful Western and also Eastern modalities. And it's being boxed up yeah. into a, a teaching so that 
it can be delivered for people to digest and then go out there and offer it. But at the end of the day, how I perceive it is like, I am the modality. It's not spinal energetics. It's not hypnotherapy. It's not the lomi lomi body work. It's my blueprint in the teachings that I have done and taken the gold nuggets. So when you work with me, it's going to be completely different to when, if someone was then to go work with you. And it's because we bring our story. We bring the wisdom and the gold nuggets from that story. And so it's never like you can never go in to do a session with someone and then go expect to have the exact same session with somebody else. And I kind of love that because we all resonate and we all have personalities that like tune in with certain people. And so we bring certain things out in each other. And so when, when I find someone comes to me, it's because they're ready for what it is that I bring, like my medicine. And they're the people that are ready for that. Whereas if I was to go see somebody, they've got medicine that I'm ready for that like that's going to unlock something or iron something out within me and it is an energetic exchange as well they're ready for me and yeah that's how I perceive things in this current time it changes (laughs) it's constantly changing as I evolve and who I was yesterday is not who I am today and things I don't I'm, I'm trying I guess within myself not to get so hung up on something and say this is the only way because I don't know I don't know if this is the only way I'm just open to that this way is working for me now I love that thank you as a practitioner it's a good reminder that the people will come that needs to come to you they will find you um uh yeah gosh I I want to speak to you more about trauma and the body because I do think it's such a wonderful time that we are in now where people are really starting to recognize and acknowledge that trauma is stored in the body I read yesterday and gosh I'm just trying to remember who it is I'll, I'll put it in the show notes um that trauma is not in the event trauma is stored in your body so whatever the trauma event was that's not you know actually where the trauma is mm-hmm. it's now in your body and um, I'm really happy to see that there are many different ways that we can approach that and that mm-hmm. um, even in the psychology world there is more rec- uh, recognition that alongside talk therapy, we should be doing some somatic work. We should be approaching it from from all different directions. So um, tell me, um, you talk a lot about embodiment and releasing, the releasing of data or clearing of data. How can you explain those two things bringing them together in your own practice what is it that you do on a daily basis or weekly basis to kind of keep yourself and keep your well-being framework in place um okay so I guess for me 
I try to be really present with where I am within my cycle. So I look at us that we are cyclic beings and we all have certain rhythms and there are so many different cycles, but there's one specifically for women uh, which we are governed by, which is the menstrual cycle. And so my embodiment practice is in alignment as much as I'm disciplined, someone could say. Um, so depending where I'm in my cycle, a lot of my like autumn, which is my luteal and my menstrual phase, that's a lot more gentle and a lot more soft. So really a lot of breath for me. Breath is the biggest anchor point for bringing me back into my body. And then there's a really beautiful technique that I like to do, and it's just exploring the body with breath and allowing the breath to expose pains within the body. So I invite a lot of play and a lot of sense activations, activating my smell, activating the feel sense, activating the sound sense. Um, so I invite that into my practices and then more so in my like summer and my spring, which is my follicle and ovulation phase, I tend to do bigger embodiment practices. So the practices can, it's like I'm doing, one could say a, a self spinal energetics or clearing within myself. So I do that with a voice activation. Um, I use sound and like a drum. I just make sure I have a safe space. A lot of the time I like to go out into the bush and just hold space for myself in nature. Um, and then it can just be some days as simple as just popping on a yoga, yoga nidra and just doing a body scan with yoga nidra. And my biggest embodiment practice is the ocean. Mm. And it's just sitting in a body of water and mainly it is the ocean and just feeling held and floating and just being really present within that and I always always feel so much lighter and connected so that's probably the most accessible for when I do have when I find it challenging to sit down or um, bring myself into my body I I walk myself to the ocean yeah. and it's it's like a reward in a sense because I love just being at the beach mm. so yeah they're probably my top top ones but I, like anyone some days it's like I fight it and it's like it's here and I walk all the way around until I fall on my ass and it can take a day or two for me to fall on my ass <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I'm still yeah. the student. I am still very much the student in all of this. And and I have to find the humility in in and the humbleness in yes, I do all these things, but you know, I still need a therapist. I I still need support. I you know, I have things that constantly show up that I can most of the time work through myself 
but sometimes it's really helpful to have that that somebody to to hold that space with and so yeah I'm I'm very much human and I I, I'm not just human I find I'm like an intergalactic something or other but very human also (laughs) yeah love that thank you so much and this is called masterpiece and mess it's all about that this particular podcast is about us finding Mm. for me it's such a journey to to have the I have to have the humility so I can continue to grow and expand and not um, as soon as I become the expert I become rigid and and stagnant Mm. so I love that thank you very much for sharing that and I have a couple of questions about your I'm so interested in the cyclic work that you do but I want to figure out is that you spoke about seasons within your is it within a cycle a a cycle or are you talking there's lots of yeah there's lots of cycles so like it's like we we are also governed by nature how I see it anyway is that we are nature and so if we look at our mirror nature doesn't bloom all year and she has the summer and then the autumn winter and we as humans, we feel those seasonal changes. Our skin gets drier, our hair gets drier, or there's more moisture in the air. We eat more, we eat less. We move our body in different ways. We want to, yeah, sleep more when it's darker. We have that in that Western kind of calendar. But then we also have our internal ecosystem which as women, it's the infrared. And so that's the moon cycle, which governs the menstrual cycle. Whereas we are also governed under the circadian, which is the sun, the solar, which is the 24 hour time. So there's so, and then there's just so many cycles. We also have age cycles. So there's this seven year cycles but then within that there's so many there's so many planetary cycles it's endless it is like a lay and it's all interconnected it's so interconnected and when we live our life and tune into that and our life becomes more aha rather than aha and so a big one for like there's Komarebi, but then there's also Karuna Temple. And Karuna Temple is it's all about the cycles within men and women. And it's all about re-remembering our cyclical self. And in order to do that, it's about connection. And Komarebi is about connection. So really I have two businesses one with a friend and one with myself but they are all about connection or embodiment and the cycle is a physical product from karuna whereas the cycle with komarebi is an exchange and a service 
but it's about the acknowledgement of where we are within our cycles. And so the one that I was speaking about before is our menstrual cycle. And when we, I don't know about you, but in Australia, in the school system, we don't get taught anything about our phases within the cycles. It all just is like you bleed, you can become pregnant, safe sex, but your safe sex is not even about safe sex. And it's it's very colonized and very um, fear-based when actually a menstrual cycle is powerful. It's when women are like their most wildest and intuitive when we bleed and when we are in our, so that's our menstrual, when we're in our follicle, so just pre-menstrual, it's, you know, it's a great time for not doing, but slowing down. A lot of creativity can come through, but then a lot of the self-doubt and the, the, the shadows, I guess, which are you. So all those self-doubt monsters, and it's a really potent time to not act on that, but to witness that and write things down. And then when we come birth into our spring, which is our luteal and our ovulation in the summer, it's the time for doing. And so it's the time, like the creativity to act on this and, and to hold space and to move and move your body in certain ways, eat different foods. And when we harness that, it's so powerful. It is so powerful. You know, women aren't supposed to be in pain. That is because your body, the hormones are not regulating and you've got an influx of certain hormones and um, not enough of certain hormones and your body is not moving in flow. And that is all tied into like your nervous system as well and stress because we are living outside of ourselves in this hustle of nine to five grind and people don't you know even in this day and age it's when you say oh yeah my I'm about to bleed or things like this people are like oh yeah okay or they they look at you like it's an excuse or you're a victim where it's like Imagine if we embraced it as as a whole collective that we could plan and show up. We would thrive. It's it's not that we are victims. We just see the medicine in really working with this in the way it should be worked and reconnecting to it. And I guess we're in this beautiful time where more and more women and men are coming online and supporting this. And it's an exciting time to be alive. It's a challenging time to be alive, but it's an also really beautiful time to be able to reconnect to our ancient roots and our bodies. You know, our bodies don't just bleed because we're supposed to have babies. That is not the only reason there's so much more medicine in that you know we we don't we can be planting seeds from eggs that are moving through us on a cycle every month 
roughly every month everyone's different you know that seed can be utilized to to become the intention of something that you want to grow in your life a manifestation you know we can we can move more in this when we are like reconnected and and invited into this environment but when you're young and you're going through this massive initiation as a teenager or a young girl or a young boy it's so clinical and colonized and fearful and unsupportive and that needs to change and that is changing but it, it's something that yeah has done a lot of I don't want to say damage, but it's done a lot of disconnecting from ourselves. It's it's caused a lot of disconnection. A lot of the things that we've been conditioned with is literally ways to disconnect from ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Most things that are on offer or have been conditioned is this is how you disconnect and keep living outside of yourself here take some pain medication and stop listening to your body and shut it off yeah it's uncomfortable so yeah. I love that thank and because you because we yeah yeah I think we went a little bit off topic but no <laughs> it tends to happen no, with me <laughs> nothing is off topic it's beautiful and I I mean I'm 46 this year and I think two years ago uh, I was visiting um, lovely nature reserve with a friend and she had just done this course about her cycles and explained you know we were relaxed and in the nature and she explained everything she had learned to me and it was the first time in my entire life, so I was 44, when I really understood what I could, how I could harness that process and have a positive relationship with my cycle. I, I used to be so, I would be so grumpy with myself that week before my period started because I would be useless. <laughs> I'd be very emotional and tired mm -hmm. and you know and I got very cross myself I never discussed it with my friends because you know I was just me I just assumed there's no conversation so the disconnect was huge mm -hmm. and I'm really grateful for this conversation today because I have two, two girls one is 14 this year so mm -hmm. she's really moving into that big initiation um, uncomfortable period of becoming an adult you know moving away from from family more into her tribe you know there's lots of big things happening as they should do and mm. I really want to have that conversation with her and I'm glad that I have this to share with my girls and I mm. yeah I just think it's it's such an amazing way when you start looking at that cycle as you explain it and in this moment it feels to me like like a really something that I 
Yeah, I'm really glad we're talking about this today, not just for me, but for all the women that's going to listen to this. And yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things the more intimate and connected we become with our menstrual cycle, when that transitions into our menopause, it becomes so much more intimate and flowful and empowering because again there's been so much fear and shame put around transitioning into menopause and that it's horrific and, and it shouldn't have to be that way again it's it's when you like become like the grandmother you know the grandmother spirit of the wise woman who who really taps into that that grandmother wisdom mm. and you shouldn't be roasting and then freezing and sweating and I'm not saying that that will never happen but it shouldn't be so like this mm. you know it should be way more in flow more yeah. rhythmic and the more we harness the medicine from our menstrual cycle then that transition is so more easeful and you come with so much more wisdom so much more knowledge and it becomes and like you know the next part of your your journey of what you can tap into yeah what i'm hearing is that's beautiful the way you articulate it um what i'm understanding is that for me yeah, it's another lesson in not resisting. It's a reminder in mm. less resisting, more embracing, embracing what is. As a female, as a woman, I can step into that fully as opposed to resisting it. And that empowers me. Mm. Um, yes, there's a mm. huge amount of fear and resistance towards menopause. Yeah. Yeah. And understandably, like, you know, we've been so conditioned to like, it's like a hindrance and, oh, like what, menopause is coming or, you know, it's just so much, um, yeah, fear thrown in that direction of like, it's like, it's like the end of your life as you've known it. And yeah, it's, it's a death in a sense, but it's a rebirth. You know, mm. it's a rebirth. Yeah, I love that. But it gets so, so projected into like, it's all over now. You're an old woman. And it's it's bullshit. It's yeah. absolutely bullshit. Yeah. You know, it can be some of the greatest years of your life. Mm. And that, again, there's so much misinformation and it's so clinicalized and it's you know there's tablets for this and tablets for that and take this for this but what about the connection and what is it that your body like is is yearning for what is what is in balance within it and within your minerals what are your stress levels like and this you know it's 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 always talking to us it's just are we listening and are we prepared to accept the information that it's it's sending us 
Mm. And are we prepared to go there? Yeah, it takes courage. But nothing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Mm -hmm. as we go through these phases, just as my daughter, for example, is going through that initiation phase, there are many phases and they, everything new is always scary. And if we have the courage to move through it and empower ourselves with knowledge about how to move through it, how we can ease our way into those new, new places, new realms, of life um yeah and and instead of resisting i'm just yeah these are all reminders myself not to resist but to move forward i love the word flowful by the way great word yeah it is it is a good word it is a very nice word to Mm. to work with and for me it's how just how in nature it's like flowful like flawless flawfulness and it's not that things don't come and things don't get thrown into the path but it's just the order in how it happens and how you choose to respond to it creates the flow doesn't mean going around life like mindless and having no commitments or desires or just be the flow it's understanding that how it is for me is that whatever comes in just allow it just allow it it's coming in just allow it just allow it to come in it doesn't mean it's yours and doesn't mean you have to hold on to it allow it to flow through you allow its teachings to come through yeah so what really also popped out there for me was the word fullness and I think yeah maybe for women to embrace these cycles that we go through um, phases that also allows us to have a fuller experience of this existence you know Mm. as opposed to medicating or avoiding and resisting and not really going through those changes and that evolution that we know we need to go through and there is a place like I feel like there's a place for so many things like western teachings and eastern teachings but we just have to ask ourselves is this is this empowering me? Is this like a passageway to go through or is this um, more of an abandonment, more of a self-abandonment? And, you know, you only know. Yeah. You only know. Beautiful question. That's a beautiful question that we can use as a tool to figure out Mm. what the next step is. Mm. Mm. Is this? Yeah. Lovely. Thank you for that. So I see that the time flew, um, but I think we can squeeze in one more. Let's see what I have here. So, of course, you discussed the the lovely practices that you have to feel more embodied. I myself love the ocean, Jacqueline. I I feel exactly the same about the ocean as you. To me, it's such such a blessing to be near the ocean. I don't know about what your water Mm. temperature is like, but ours is ridiculously cold. (laughs) It's like sometimes yeah. 
I want to say seven, maybe five degrees. Um, yeah, okay. Wow. Okay. Crisp. Yeah. But it's also good. Um, uh, that coldness is obviously very, very good. And so I love that. And, and I hope that all these lovely practices that you describe inspire other women who are listening or other people that are listening to, to definitely um, find more ways to get into those practices. And of course, what I also love that you said is the resistance you sometimes feel about doing them. And you're circling around it and you're circling around it and eventually, you know, you have no, no other way. It just, it has to happen. But I experience that myself, the resistance of doing the right thing sometimes that I know I need. Um, so I loved that you said that. Um, how how else can you um what other embodiment practices could you recommend for listeners and of course then you need to finish off by telling us how one could work with you or find out more about you i'm sure you do some things online where i'm in south africa but you know doesn't matter where people are going to be listening from you're in australia so mm. tell us more about some other embodiment practices that you can recommend to help us find more embodiment, which is so important. And then also how possibly people can connect with you or work with you. So a beautiful embodiment practice can literally, you can turn if you are working in an office, if you're a mum, if you, it's just busy, you can turn those tasks into an embodiment practice. And it's just really awakening the senses. And so a really beautiful one is just scanning the room that you are in and not fixating on anything in general, but just becoming aware of the surroundings to bring your presence because the mind can wander. And this can be done in noisy environments, quiet environments. You know, it's, it, it can be done even driving the car. It's you just becoming aware of your surroundings and it brings you back into the present moment. Like embodiment practices don't have to be going off and shutting yourself into a room and meditating for 60 minutes. You know, sometimes that's just not realistic for where you're at in life. And that can be off-putting and daunting. You know, it can be while you're sitting on the toilet taking some beautiful deep breaths into the belly. And I, I'm sharing these because there's just so many that we can do. And I've listed, you know, yoga ninja and for me, yeah, but some people are maybe off put by that or it's daunting. So just turning, if you're somebody that really struggles with the word embodiment, just turning that around and realizing that anything can be a ritual and in a way of being embodied into yourself. And a lot of the times you can remove the outside world as well by just stopping where you are, obviously not driving or operating anything, but just closing down the eyes and removing that sense to heighten the sense of self and tuning into the breath 
and it might just be five breaths, but hey, five breaths is better than no breaths. Um, and I think I've listed a few just before that were more in depth, but I just wanted to share those mm. um, because I think we can get really too, like sometimes it can be overwhelming for people who are very new to this, who are just at the beginning of questioning themselves or are coming back into realignment and it's okay if that's your way of life already you already know what to do but for people who really this is like stepping stones those simple things you know go out into the garden and just awaken your sense of smell and close your eyes and lay down and tune into just one certain smell and then let that shift to the next smell these things in the shower, just close your eyes down and feel the sensation of the water like fall against the body. Um, a good way of doing these things is to be the watcher and not get carried in the story, but just feel, just feel. Yeah, I love that. So that's go into your senses, really connect with them. Yeah, Maybe just awake, yeah, just do things. Yeah. yeah, things that awaken the senses and they don't have to be woohoo or you know, these spiritual practices and like they are all there's so much medicine from so many different eastern and and some western teachings available, but just sometimes it's more achievable to you know have a ritual of instead of like I'm going to do yoga every day and then feel guilty for not doing it just take a minute 30 seconds whatever you can in a day and just do um, a breath of mindfulness or do it every 45 set yourself an alarm that just prompts you twice a day or however many times a day you know these things sound so simple but it's consistency it's consistency and for me consistency can't be too big because then it becomes like yeah 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 no thank you but when they're little things then they expand into bigger things yes. and for me um, so much somatic healing has really been a, a really beautiful um, a gift for myself and it's really made me aware of the disconnection that has come from my, my old self, but it's holding me back. And, and so it doesn't really matter for me what happened there in the past. It's just like in this moment, what are the hooks that are stopping me moving forward? And so through somatic practices and therapy and healing, I've really become in, more in tune in every day of how I can wander or how things show up in my body. And it's, it's a process. It's a constant process. But it's something that I choose 
and I would choose over and over again because there's just so much so much freedom that comes from it so much freedom and yeah I guess what I'm sharing through my gifts is that what I have experienced and been on a journey with these have worked for me and so I share the spinal energetics I I share the somatic healing inquiry or whatever you want to call it the work that I do through the body and my intuitive gifts and the wisdom around cycles I share this because I'm so passionate about it and perhaps there's gold nuggets in it for you and people will hear certain things in our conversations and you know perhaps that's a stepping stone in them going left instead of right one day and so that's why I do what I do and that's why I work online as well I guess it's because it's a gift to be able to to work with people all over the world and not just in the physical sense and because we are working with energy you know we can work with anyone that has an internet connection you know that's the beauty about being alive today and sessions aren't any less off if you are in person they are equal because it's all energy it's all what you bring and so yeah ways you can work with me is through in person I'm based currently in western Australia Um, I do travel I love to travel so that's why it is important as well for me to work online and so I do offer everything apart from my long long body work online and I have a website I have social media and you can book quite easily through my website and future me wants to work with more bigger bigger in the sense of groups with more events more just bigger environments because what I'm finding with my work is we all allow our energies to collaborate and pull things up quicker when we are in a collective rather than in individual. So for me, group work is just really potent. It's really potent. And if you had asked me a few years ago, I would have said, no, one-on-one is. But as I've evolved, I've realized that all the different personalities with people it's like we have different energetic personalities in a sense with that. And so people who are introvert and extrovert can pull and push people down. So we come to this collective homeostatus, this beautiful equilibrium, which may have taken up to six sessions individually. And because energy magnifies and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to do more 
group work. I'm excited to do more teaching. I love to teach. I'm here to teach and I'm here to share and I'm here to learn. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to what unfolds with that. But yeah, currently I do one-on-work. One work, I hold online workshops, little events as well. And I do a lot of community stuff. So yeah, that's that's kind of me in this present moment. Amazing, Jacqueline. Please share your website address. Um, it is www.comarebiconcept.com.au and I'm on the Instagram mainly and it's at comarebi.concept. Okay, so comarebi is spelled K-O-M-O-R-E-B-I and it's dot .concept. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so Which much. Comarebi, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't talk about it, but right. komorebi is a beautiful Japanese word and it's it's the sunlight that filters through the leaves and so you get this beautiful dappled light. So it's kind of like the dark, the light and the shadow. And it's this interplay. And so for me, it's yeah, it's very poetic. It's very metaphoric um, and... English just don't have a word that can explain it, but the Japanese do. Yeah, they have some cool stuff. <laughs> I also love mm. the concept of wabi-sabi being, um, yeah, finding yeah. beauty and imperfection. Yeah, mm, there's, ah. there's a lot. Well, we could probably have chatted for another couple of hours, but um, I suppose I must let you go. Thank you so much for joining me. And for sharing so much of your knowledge and wisdom with us and of your journey and oh, just so many beautiful nuggets in there. Um, so uh, hopefully we can get you to visit South Africa sometime, Jacqueline. Yeah, I would love to. I'm yet to actually go to South Africa. So yeah, you've planned the scene. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if anybody who does what you do here, like uh, some of what you do, but spinal energetics, I don't think there's anybody here. No, so, it is, it's slowly taking flight. It yeah. was only launched last year, but it has been practiced for, a, yeah, a long time, but it's been put into a Western formula, one can say, to to be able to be a, a a teaching a course and yeah so that was launched last year wow it's very new but um i love to see how things are evolving as we evolve in our understanding um of what we really are and how you know <laughs> how we can work mm. through ourselves um mm. yeah the practices and the modalities are also evolving. It's so it's so interesting. I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna um, thank you again for being here for making the time, and uh, mm. yeah, I look forward to connecting with you again, Jacqueline. Thank you.
What an expansive and interesting conversation with Jacqueline from Komorebi Concept. Jacqueline's work embodies the Japanese concept of Komorebi, which means dappled light or shadow and light. Our self-expression and life's journey will contain both these elements. Her work helps us to accept and integrate all parts of ourselves, which is what this podcast is all about. Our conversation really highlighted for me the importance of understanding and embracing our natural life cycles. What made a particularly deep impression on me is how we can as women embrace our life cycles as well as our monthly cycle and find ways to become more embodied. I love how Jacqueline's articulated that we can view the end of a cycle as a death, but also a rebirth which is a powerful way to reframe, for example, menopause for women, historically steeped in shame, but which in fact is an important milestone we can move into with grace and to be open to the teachings it has to offer. I really appreciated the powerful question she shared that we can ask ourselves when we face a new landscape along our life's journey. Is this empowering for me or is this self-abandonment? In addition to speaking about the very interesting work she does in spinal energetics, she also shares some really great practical tips on how to become more embodied and present by awakening our senses in ordinary moments right throughout the day. You can connect with Jacqueline via her website, comarebi.concept.au. If you enjoyed this conversation, please consider rating, reviewing or sharing it. Thank you for listening.